emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out the best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into this. And without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. Featuring meteorologist Denise Isaac and the music of lyricist Ty Scott King. Meteorologist from NBC 10's Boston. Denise Eyes, what advice would you give a young person looking to get into this profession? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So continue to work hard. It's not easy. Um, you may have to move to different cities, but it's okay. Really stay humble, you know, and, and learn as much as you can. Learn from others. Don't gossip. Because once again, it's a small business. You may think you'll never see 
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nimmons. And you are tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. We are so very excited that you've tuned in to tonight's show. Uh, we've got a great show as we do each and every week in store for you. Uh, just a lot of great things to talk about, uh, including uh, the theme for tonight's show is talking about uh, Trump versus Obama. That's right. We're going to be talking about uh, Donald Trump or Donald Trump. <laughs> And former President Barack Obama for the next two shows, to be exact. Uh, we will be talking about that with my good friend, uh, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. That's right, guys. So we got a great show in store for you on tonight. But before we get uh, that far into it, I uh, want to uh, just go and just give you kind of brief, uh, you know, brief recap of our weekend, uh, which was very uh, very busy, very busy weekend, but very eventful as well. We took a trip to uh, Cincinnati on Friday uh, to see uh, Commission. Uh, the Gospel Group Commission had their reunion uh, during the Pentecostal Semis of the World's uh, PAW convention in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, those who know me know I love Commission. It's a group that I grew up with uh, during you know my college years and. Uh, high school years commission like um, so many of their fans and uh, have enjoyed their music and uh, this was an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up I've uh, they've been talking about this reunion for uh, some time now and I uh, haven't been able to make it to any of the past reunions but um, you know I wanted to make sure that I was able to go and and to experience this one and uh, you know, for the most part, I, I enjoyed myself. I uh, think one thing I, I um, uh, you know, you get caught up in the nostalgia of the singing and the nostalgia of the songs. And you kind of forget, you know, that they've aged. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you want them to, you know, sound like the, the sound, the, it sound like the album, you know, and um, and, you know age uh <laughs> has has definitely taken its toll uh but you know we certainly did appreciate uh you know the effort that they put forth uh during the concert they sung about 30 or so songs uh many of many of them you know um of course all of them i i, I can just pretty much sing verbatim i know them all because i you know i like some of you uh, grew up listening to them and, uh, you know, groups like the Winans, Commission, uh, Take Six. You know, these are groups that we grew up on. You know, I'm kind of going, kind of dating myself, so to speak. But, you know, hey, Commission was that group. And, um, and you know, much of what has been said about them is that, you know, R&B groups like Jodeci and uh, uh, New Edition and Boys to Men, all uh, have, you know, patterned themselves in some way, shape or form after uh, the gospel group commission, you know. So they have made uh, an indelible mark, um, not just in uh, Christian music, 
but in uh, you know in music uh, as a whole, I think you know they've definitely made a mark, made their mark uh, in music. So that was you know I enjoyed the concert um, on Friday and um, got in my car, drove back to Detroit. Uh, and to meet up with some friends of mine, uh, we call we call ourselves the Five Heartbeats. We uh we we get together, um, you know, uh, every other month or so and have breakfast. Uh, graduated from Michigan State, go Spartans! And um, you know, shouts out to my friends Mike Stambro, uh, Dewan Tinsley, Sean Hart, uh, Dashay Howard, uh, Derek Mason, guys. Uh, you know, we came, we went to school with, uh, and uh, we 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 made the trip back because we wanted to uh, spend some time, uh, you know, just chopping it up. Uh, we used this time to kind of, you know, uh, empower each other, motivate each other, inspire each other, catch up with what with what we're doing. All of us are doing something, you know, to uh, to impact our communities and uh, our lives in in some way, shape, or form. And uh, we certainly appreciate all of them and. You know, and what they're doing. All of us are busy, but um, I, I appreciate the times that we're able to get together and uh, and share with one another. So that was that was part of Saturday. And then another thing we did was we uh, went down to the Dream Cruise uh, later that day. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a car buff. I love cars. Um, you know, like watching it, like uh, you know, going down, even watching some of the classic cars. Uh, but I love seeing the exotic cars, you know, uh, the Lambos, the Ferraris, the Corvettes, um, the Porsches, and, uh, you know, the Maseratis. I'm a big car buff, so love cars, you know. So that I had to make sure I went down there for the Dream Cruise and stayed down there for a couple of hours on Saturday. So that was my weekend. Had some course church on Sunday and then went to a – a barbecue uh that 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 early evening and so you know very busy busy weekend but one that I truly enjoyed and I mentioned that because you know um it's it's um you know summer's coming to a close and you know uh <laughs> I hate to see it go I'm just enjoying the weather I'm just enjoying uh spending time outside and uh you know uh, here in Michigan, we only get a couple months of summer, but I'm hoping and praying that we get a little bit longer, uh, uh, longer time uh, for summer this year. Maybe we can have an Indian summer that goes all the way through November, maybe even December. We keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> I know if you're listening, you're probably <laughs> probably laughing at me, like, what is he talking about? You know, but I I love hot weather. I love uh, the warm weather. Just you know, you know, makes it's more inviting. It gives you the opportunity to go outside and really enjoy, uh, you know, uh, the land, God's geography, God's landscape. So that was my week uh, weekend, and uh, just enjoyed that and wanted to share that with you, thinking out loud radio show listeners. Hope you enjoyed that. Well, again, as we said, uh, this uh, tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Donald Trump uh, with my good friend, political strategist and uh, president of American Urban Strategies. Uh, he is uh, Republican and uh, well-connected in the Republican Party. And 
I thought that, you know, the idea behind this show or these, this series of shows is to really have a substantive conversation about these two political figures, uh, uh, Donald Trump and former President Barack Obama, um, you know, really get down to, you know, talking about uh, some of their strengths and their weaknesses, uh, the positives and negatives and, and whatnot, and, and you, know, you know, why Democrats uh, don't like Trump and why Republicans like Trump and why Democrats like Obama and why Republicans didn't like Obama. And that's not true, you know, for, for every in every case. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that it's important for us to really be able to have this conversation because, uh, you know, from my perspective, I think there are some reasonable uh, Republicans out there. I think we all can, as Rodney King said, or ask the question, can we get along? And my answer is yes. Um, you know, there are, I believe there is common ground that we can forge uh, uh, as, you know, even though we might be on two separate sides of the aisle, that, that, that we can have a reasonable discussion about politics and about these two political figures um, and, and, and really uh, delve into, you know, what their legacies will be and what they are uh in in american history so um i'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh interview i hope you are as well we'll be sharing with you sharing it with you in just a few minutes but before we do that we're going to be uh talking about a few hot topics in our what are you thinking about segment where we talk about what you're thinking about and of course, uh, one of the hot topics is uh, uh, Jay Z uh, Rock Nation's partnership with the NFL. Uh, this is definitely a hot topic that we've been uh, tweeting about and reading about and blogging about as well. Uh, we have a new blog out. It's called Sell Out or Sell Out, um, and it's on our website, michaelnimmons.com. Check it out. Uh, let us know what you think. Again, is sell out or sale out, S-A-L-E, out. And basically discussing this partnership and, and really asking the question, is the, the movement for social justice for sale? Um, because there's a lot of moving pieces uh, with this uh, so-called partnership with the NFL. And um, the, specific, the specifics of it have not really been addressed or uh, discussed so we want to uh, kind of share a little bit about that in our what are you thinking about segment so stay tuned for that also we're going to be talking about um, uh, Eric Gardner's killer uh, officer Daniel Pantiello who uh, was just recently fired from uh, the NYPD five years after uh, choking Eric Gardner to death so we're going to be discussing uh, that development uh, in just a few minutes as well. A lot to talk about in our What Are You Thinking About segment. And finally, rounding out uh, that segment, we're going to be closing talking about Steph Curry's uh, rescuing uh, NBA, uh, NBA two-time MVP Steph Curry, rescuing uh, golf uh, at, at Howard University. Uh, he is um, reviving and rescuing the golf program at Howard University, and he is inviting a very special guest uh, to be his partner uh, on the tee 
uh, out at Harvard University. And we're going to be talking about that, uh, more about that in our What Are You Thinking About segment in just a few minutes. And, of course, uh, we always end every show with a dynamic thought of the week. And um, th- this show is no exception. So we want you to stay tuned for that. You know, again, this the, this show is broken up into three segments. For those who are just tuning in, uh, we have our um, What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about hot topics and, uh, you know, talk about things that you are thinking about uh, in that segment, and then we all we have our featured interview uh, with a guest uh, of, of of importance and significance uh, that we feature for every show, and then uh, we end every show with a thought of the week. So we we try to give you variety with our show and try to mix it up a little bit so it's not just one monotonous uh, podcast, uh, you know, uh, format where someone is just basically droning on or talking about one particular subject, but we kind of give it, give you a variety of things that you can, uh, listen to and, and, uh, and even give your feedback on as well. Go to michaelnimmons.com and, uh, you can, uh, uh, post your comments on our TOL radio show page or Facebook us at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show or at us at TOL radio host MSN. Uh, there are a lot of ways you can keep in touch with us, and we ask that you continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We truly appreciate your feedback, and of course, uh, it helps to it helps us to increase our exposure on the World Wide Web. So as I said, we've got a great show in store for you, so let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. A dilemma right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What's up, everybody? This is the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about what you're thinking about this is the august 20th edition of the what are you thinking about segment and we kick this segment off talking about you guessed it the jay-z rock nation and nfl partnership that we talked about earlier in the show of course we have a blog where we um discuss this partnership in greater detail it's called sell out or sell out and uh we discussed this so we encourage you to check it out at michaelnimmons.com and let us know what your thoughts are. But as we get into this story here on August the 14th, uh, it was announced uh, that Jay-Z and NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell uh, will be partnering for the cause of promoting social justice. That's what they're telling everybody. Rock Nation will be essentially, according to 
The Atlantic article, authored by staff writer Jamela Hill, noted that NFL, the NFL announced that it would give Rock Nation, the music mogul's entertainment company, significant power in choosing the performances for the league's signature events, including the coveted Super Bowl halftime show. Jay-Z and Rock Nation will also help augment the NFL's social justice initiatives by developing content and spaces where players can speak about the issues that concern them. Now, this was not discussed in great detail during the press event that was held on August the 14th. Um, the clip that you know we saw uh, really just was Jay-Z talking about or asking questions of reporters, rather, um, regarding this, uh, this, the specifics of the partnership, which he really didn't get into. Although that was not really made clear again during the exclusive press event held on the 14th, um, this event didn't include any recording devices, cameras, nor was media allowed to post anything about it on social media. And yet, things still got out. So we wrote a blog, again, as I said, that includes video from the meeting as well as photos from this meeting as well. Most of which were included in articles written by other reporters. So we asked to check out our blog at michaelnemons.com. We've, again, entitled it Sell Out or Sell Out, where we essentially discuss whether Jay-Z's um, partnership uh, makes him look like a sellout or not. And we also ask questions of whether the movement for social justice is essentially up for sale. But of course, everyone obviously has an opinion about this, and rightfully so. Most are trying to give Jay-Z the benefit of the doubt and saying that he's socially conscious and that he supported socially conscious movements in the past. In fact, Jamela Hill writes, I don't question Jay-Z's commitment to social justice or, or his desire to empower African Americans. He has consistently used his platform to have critical conversations and bring awareness to the inequalities and justices that black people, uh, black and brown people regularly face. Jay-Z brilliantly put into perspective how the war on drugs disproportionately hurt blacks and Latinos. The executive produced a riveting six-part documentary series on the slain team Trayvon Martin that aired on BET last summer. He also produced a miniseries on Khalif Broder, who was falsely imprisoned on New York's Rikers Island for three years, starting when he was 16 years old for allegedly stealing a backpack. Broder died by suicide a year after he was released. Jay-Z's foundation has funded countless initiatives related to education and professional development, and he's also donated millions to so many causes that he's one of the most important humanitarians in the world. So there is no doubt that, that Jay-Z is socially conscious and, you know, quote-unquote woke, if you will. Um, but, um, you know, this particular partnership raises a lot of questions and concerns in my mind. Uh, because Jay's comments during the press event uh, about whether he has sold out Cap by not telling him, Colin Kaepernick, the uh, quarterback, former quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, who uh, and is largely responsible for uh, this, this movement in the NFL uh, taking place, the, the protest during the national anthem, 
because he decided to take a knee and protest for social justice during the national anthem. Um, and and uh, according to this press event, Jay Z only contacted uh, Kaepernick after the deal had already been struck with the NFL. Um, and so, of course, it raises a lot of concerns about, you know, why didn't Jay-Z reach out to Kaepernick before the deal was struck? Why didn't Jay-Z, um, you know, negotiate with the NFL that if you want my name, my influence to be a part of this partnership, then, you know, I would like for Colin Kaepernick to have a legitimate shot at becoming an NFL QB again. I think that's a reasonable negotiation, a negotiating, um, a, a negotiating item to be included in the discussion, I, I believe. But Jay-Z said something during this event that really... Uh, raised a lot of concern in my mind I think that we forget that Colin's whole thing was to bring attention to social injustice correct so in that case this is a success this is the next thing because there's two parts of protesting you go outside and you protest and then the company or the individual says (coughs) excuse me excuse me Because there are two parts of protesting. You go outside and you protest. And then the company or the individual says, I hear you. What do we do next? So for me, it was like action, actionable item. What are we going to do with it? Everyone heard and we hear what you're saying. And everyone knows I agree with what you're saying. So what are we going to do? So we should so we should reach millions of millions of people. And all we get stuck on is Colin not having a job. I think we're past kneeling. I think it's time for action. And and so you can see here, you know, where um, Jay's comments might be problematic because it sounds to me like, you know, he is, uh, you know, basically saying in so many words that Reaching millions and millions of people is is more important than addressing the fact that Colin Kaepernick doesn't not does not have a job in the NFL, and he sacrificed his job, his career, basically, um, for the cause uh, of social justice. And you know what is Jay Z sacrificing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So the Twitterverse has been a buzz with news this controversial move, and we've been responding to tweets regarding this, and we've retweeted and responded to a few. Um, in fact, we were watching CNN analyst Angela Rye on New Day discuss this, and she said that Jay-Z needs to tell the NFL if Colin doesn't have a legitimate shot in an NFL job, then the deal is off, you know, Um I tweeted her that I disagree with her assessment that this conversation should have been had during the initial negotiations, you know, that I think it's too late to, to, to try to 
um, to give the NFL an ultimatum at this point because they basically got what they wanted. Right now, they already they got Jay Z. They they the contracts are probably already signed. You know, the deal is done. It's too late. The NFL has essentially gotten what they wanted. And so Angela Rye tweeted back, so what do you think the solution is? And I said, you know, Dr. King said the time is always right to do right. And um, and I would hope that Jay-Z does reach out to Colin to get things straight and, and possibly involve him in some way. But um, but now it might be too little, too late because, according to reports, the, the conversation they did have didn't go too well, and um, and then again, the NFL has already gotten what they wanted out of this deal, which is Jay Z and Rock Nation. They got their influence, and and according to Jamel Hill, which I agree, and and a few others who have written about this. Um, the NFL is basically using Jay-Z as cover to hide the fact that they're really doing nothing um, towards the, the, the cause of social justice. This is really just uh, a way to to say they're doing something and basically hide behind Jay-Z. And Jay-Z, in my opinion, is a pawn that the NFL is using. So in so many words, I agree with Jamel Hill that the NFL... Uh, for the NFL, football is the NFL business, but chess is the game they play best. <laughs> chess is the game they play best, and I think Jay-Z got checkmated. like to know what your thoughts are about that. Also in the news, Eric Garner's killer, NYPD officer Daniel Pantiello, has been fired. That's right. According to Channel 7 Eyewitness News, uh, New York WABC, New York City Police Commissioner James O'Neill announced on Monday that he has fired the police officer involved in the 2014 death of Eric Garner five years later. O'Neill had been deliberating whether to accept the disciplinary judge's recommendation that Officer Dan- Daniel Pantiello be fired for using a banned chokehold. The commissioner said none of us can take back our decisions, especially when they led to the death of another human being. Uh, also adding, it was clear that Pantiello can no longer effectively serve as a New York City police officer. But my problem, of course, is why did it take the NYPD five years to do what they could have done days after this man used an illegal chokehold to take the life of Eric Gardner? Um, it just baffles my mind why justice has taken this long, even though this man still has not served any jail time. I believe the next step for this officer is to face some serious jail time because if the NYPD could show just cause to fire him, then why can't they officially charge him with first-degree murder? I think that it should be the next step. We know the Justice Department, the federal government, is not going to charge him. Attorney Barr has already made that clear. But uh, it shouldn't stop the state of New York from filing any charges. You know, my thing is that he definitely should not be hired by another police department in another state or a city. Uh, His days as a police officer should be over. 
And again, I think he should be serving serious jail time. So our continued thoughts and prayers go out to the family of, of Eric Garner, Emerald and Eric, uh, the, the son and daughter, his son and daughter, both say they're going to continue to pursue justice in the name of their father. And finally, uh, Steph Curry rescues golf at Howard University. That is right. Steph Curry, NBA two-time MVP, according to 97.1 The Ticket, announced on Monday that he is helping Howard University reestablish a golf program. Curry is providing a donation that will allow one of the country's most prominent historically black universities to launch Division I women's and men's team for the 2020-21 academic year. And, of course, according to TMZ, Curry has stepped up to fund the program for the next six years. So kudos to uh, Steph Curry. I'm not a golfer. I really don't uh, understand the sport that much. Uh, <laughs> heard a comedian say uh, once that without the ball, it would just be walking. <laughs> but uh, I'm not a golfer, so. Uh, but I but I do applaud uh, Steph Curry for bringing this, pro- rescuing this program for Howard University students to be able to experience um, uh, this this particular sport. Um, I applaud him for doing that and. Uh, TMZ asked him also if his longtime golfing buddy would be uh, making a cameo appearance on the course. And of course, uh, for those who don't know, that is former President Barack Obama. That's right. Uh, he is inviting former President Barack Obama to tee off with him on Howard's beautiful campus. In fact, Steph Curry told TMZ Sports President Obama can get his own presidential card and chase them around. <laughs> so, shouts out to Steph Curry for doing that for the Howard University students out there. We certainly appreciate him, and I'm sure they do as well. We hope you enjoy uh, this edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything and everybody. If you have any questions or comments, you want to reach out to us regarding anything we talked about during this segment or for that for that matter, the entire show, you can do so at TOL Radio Host MSN at us on Instagram and Twitter uh, with that handle at TOL Radio Host MSN or send us an email at Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com or Facebook us at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. A lot of ways that you can reach out to us, even go to our website, michaelnimmons.com. Leave us a comment on our TOL radio show page. So a lot of ways you can get in touch with us. We love to get your feedback. Well, we're getting ready to take our first break of the night. But when we come back, we're getting right into our interview with my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. We're going to be talking Donald Trump when we come back from this break. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show. 
giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. This is meteorologist Denise Isaac from NBC10 Boston wishing radio host Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy two-year anniversary. Wishing you many, many more. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. insufficient who told you that you were a loser who told you that you were a failure who told you that you were deficient who told you that you were nothing who told you that you were worthless who told you that you had no value who told you that you to believe who told you that you were naked it's a dynamic empowering and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have pastor nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the garden of Eden. you don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis but the discovery of the spiritual solution Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. This part two of our discussion of When They See Us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. What role does the church play? And helping us to build bridges between the police and the black community. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. What Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois said in the early 20th century is the same today that the color question will always be the number one question in America. So the church has to find its place in that discussion. So our theology has to be broad enough to say, I want to help everybody who needs help, whether they're black or white or gay or straight. Does that mean that I need to affirm them? No, I affirm what the Bible affirms. But the Bible would say that if somebody's getting their hair busted unfairly, I'm not going to sit and ask you what your faith is, what your sexuality is. I'm going to say to this person, bust you upside the head, that you're wrong. And I'm going to stop you from doing that. You're tuned in to the Think Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. This is radio host Michael Nimmons. And yes, it's tax time. Haven't filed yet? No worries. We've got the place for you. Consumer Tax Clinic. Take it from someone who knows. 
They will sit down with you, go over your return, give great advice, and look for the best possible return options. Let the experts at Consumer Tax Clinic help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. All right, everybody, we are back on another great edition of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. And this is a special edition for a number of different reasons. When I have a good friend of mine on the line, him and I go back uh, a long ways, back to Mumford High School days. Um, and uh, we have, you know, um, known each other for a long time uh went to mumford michigan state university um done a lot of different things in the community uh he is um a very active in the republican party and tonight what we plan to do is talk about donald trump president trump and president obama and i want to talk about them from a number of different perspectives we have a you know as i said he's a republican i'm a democrat and it's not a debate, but we want to have a substantive discussion about uh, these two political figures, you know, why Republicans didn't like Obama, why Republicans like Trump. And, you know, you know, what, are, what were their uh, positives? What were their negatives? What are the implications of both presidencies? What are the you know, when we look back in history. You know, what will what will history say about both of these men? So I want to really uh, delve into uh, a, a, a few things. But before we get into that part, I want to give him uh, this good friend of mine a proper introduction. So let's do just that. So he's a political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, which was uh, to provide campaign management, communication and messaging, consulting and grassroots mobilization for conservative organizations. Uh, Republican candidates, community groups, and public speakers specializing in urban urban markets. Wayne Bradley, a Detroit native and Michigan State graduate, is currently the state director of African-American engagement of the Michigan Republican Party and has held his position since September of 2013, coming from the Republican National Committee as part of the Growth and Opportunity Project. He was recently awarded the 2015 Political Advocate of the Year by the Michigan Black Chamber of Commerce. This young man is well. This uh, this this young man this <laughs> this this brother right here is well connected in the uh, in the Republican Party. And I say he's a good friend of ours. I want you to give a warm thinking out loud radio show welcome to my good friend and brother Wayne Bradley, political strategist and um, and president of American uh, Urban Strategies. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Wayne. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much for having me on the show today. Yeah, just thinking about that, man. We go all the way back to when you were giving those Martin Luther King speeches at Mumford. <laughs> right, right. Man. Remember the Martin Luther King speeches, brother. <laughs> man, it doesn't seem like it's been 
20 years. You know, we got another uh, reunion coming up soon. 20, 25 years, is it? 25. Yep, 25 years, man. Wow. 94. 94, 94. We are giving our age out, guys. <laughs> but uh, as I said in our intro, this conversation we want to have today is about uh, two political figures, uh, one in President uh, Donald Trump and the other in uh, President Barack Obama. And I want to have this conversation because a lot has been said about both of these men and, you know, why why we like them, why we don't like them. And, um, you know, the, the political culture climate of our nation right now, you know, a lot of things going on. Um, and, and I really want to, uh, I think we can, I think we can have a substantive conversation about these things. Um, that's why I like this platform because we can talk, (coughs) excuse me, we can talk about, uh, politics and, and I think Rodney King said, you know, or asked the question, can we all just get along? I think we can get along, you know, even though, um, it seems at times, it seems at times that the Democrat, the Democratic Party sound, seems to be, seems to me to be the most reasonable group, uh, in, when we, when we deal with, with issues of, uh, of race and we deal with issues of immigration and gun violence and gun control, and it seems like the Republicans are not, you know, they're either not saying anything or they're not saying the right things. So um, I want to I want to deal with that uh, during tonight's show and talk about that through the, the, the lens of these two political figures, uh, Donald Trump and uh, and Barack Obama. So so, Wayne, I want to start here, you know, with you. I want to go back to when Trump announced his candidacy for the presidency back in was 2015, I believe. You post a lot of stuff on Facebook and came down on the elevator in Trump Towers, made the announcement that he's running for presidency, running for the presidency. You post a lot of stuff on Facebook and we said off 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 air, you know, a, a certain percentage of it is for uh, shock value and for uh, for response. And the other then there's another percentage of it that's 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 actually what you believe. So when 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 Trump made his announcement back in 2015 for candidacy for president, he was uh, a candidate for the Republican nomination. What were your initial thoughts about his chances of winning? Uh, I probably, you know, I didn't in, in the initial probably first couple of months, I didn't think that he was serious. I probably thought that he was doing it for TV or maybe, uh, you know, some post-production on a reality show. I don't know. I didn't really think that out of all, you know, we had like 17 candidates at the time. And I just, did, you know, we had about three to five different governors, you know, and, that, and to me, that's always been my preference. If you're going to elect a uh, president, I'd like to have them have some governor experience. You know, I just think that's important. Uh, so at the beginning, I didn't think, you know, I could probably could have said he wouldn't even have made it in my top five if I would have had at, at the, in 2015. I would have said, you know, uh, he's just another one of these candidates that's in here for some exposure. And, you know, knowing Donald Trump, he was a master of marketing. So, you know, in the first couple of months, I don't think that I was too – um, I just didn't take it very seriously. Let's put it that way. 
Right, right. And and I think most Republicans probably had the same thing in mind. And, 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 and not just Republicans, but people in general didn't take his his uh his announcement seriously you know you know this guy's a, a reality tv star you know um he's got a lot of baggage uh you know a lot of things are out there already about him that people don't like and in here this man is announcing you know uh his candidacy for uh president of the united states and and so I mentioned you making posts about about him leading up to it because, you know, I follow you on Facebook. You follow me, whatever, whatever. And and ladies and gentlemen, those are listening. Wayne Bradley has a lot of followers on on social media. You know, (laughs) he's got a ton of followers, you know, and and that's why I say the percentage of there's a percentage of, of, of shock value in what he posts. And then there's also a certain percentage of reality in there. And and so hopefully by the end of this interview, we've gotten to, to what those numbers are and, and, and really figured out, you know, well, OK, this is what he really believes, so to speak. But um, most Republicans at the outset of his campaign did not believe he had a legitimate shot at winning the presidency. Right. Fair. Yeah, he wasn't raising a ton of money. Uh, you know, you had guys like Jeb Bush that raised a hundred million dollars. He had ten. Right, right. Because he, because he's the you know who's ever raising the most money. Because it's it's at the end of the day, it's 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 a it's a popularity contest, and it's a money it's a money contest. Who can raise the most money? You know. President Obama back in 2008 raised a uh, billion dollars almost, and and he changed the uh, he actually changed the game when it came to running for president uh, in many respects. But we'll get to him in just a minute. But I want to really delve into why did many Republicans didn't didn't really believe in 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 President Trump's or 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 Trump's candidacy at the time why why didn't republicans take him seriously like i said you had the governor of wisconsin the governor of texas uh the former governor of uh, florida in the race you had the senators from places like kentucky and pennsylvania i mean you know you just had a lot of uh long-time politicians the only people that weren't really long-time politicians were ben carson and donald trump so uh, and so both of them both had like quick runs, but I think that at the, the, in the beginning, uh, just you know, they didn't hire big staff. Trump didn't have like a big old political machine behind them. So those are the things, are some of the factors that you make when you determine who has the best chance of winning, who has the best staff, who has the best, the most amount of staff on the ground. You know, going to different states uh, and things of that nature. I mean, you had the, the governor of Ohio was in that race. I mean, you had a lot of what I would call, um, old school, long-term career politicians that had probably been planning all their life to run for president. And I, you know, honestly, I think Donald Trump had been planning to run for president too, to be quite honest. And people just didn't recognize how, you know, that was a goal of his. Uh, and he understood, he was able to tap into people and say things that, 
I, I firmly believe a lot of people, in particular the supporters, have said at their own dinner tables or at the Moose Lodge or wherever they're hanging out, and it just sounds like something they would say. A lot of things he said from the very beginning, from the immigration, you know, when he started talking about building the wall and those kind of things. Those, those are things that a lot of people, believe it or not, in America that just think it's that simple to build a wall, and that would solve some of our immigration problems and things of that nature. So he spoke in a way that was simple but easy to understand, and, uh, and that's how he, he, I think that's how he riled up and, and grabbed the base of people that have continued to support him. They have not left his side since he's, you know, essentially since he's been nominated as our Republican candidate. Now, before that, he had a lot of splits, you know, but, you know, most of the people that supported him, I would say, I, I would think a good uh, of 80 to 85 percent, if not more, have uh, stayed on his in his side, you know. I will agree with you that that his base has really been his uh, has has stuck with him throughout, and you kind of wonder, you know, how far uh, right can he go before his base just completely turns on him? How far extreme can he go before his base completely uh, alienates him? And and that's what I'm really waiting to see. And 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 it seems like. The, the more extreme he becomes, the more rowdy and, and, and uh, energized his base becomes. But the part that I would disagree with you on is where you say Trump thought uh, Trump always you believe Trump always wanted to be president or always wanted to run. I, I just never believed that. I believe that he he made that decision kind of like on the fly it just seemed to me that the way the way it was announced the way his campaign was put together go ahead i mean essentially i don't i think that in his mind i'm not saying that that was like his lifetime goal uh-huh i think that he always felt that he's the smartest guy in the room that he understood trade and things like i mean if you look at really the all the interviews he's done over the years and he spoke on political issues and like i said even in 2000 he can he had a brief flirting with he created a, uh, a search committee uh in 2000 for the people's party or something like that out in new york so he thought about it but he realized in 2016 he could only do it most likely as a republican and so um i mean if you look at his donation records his voting records he was largely a democrat for a, a good portion of his life. And so I think that, uh, but he realized where things were going and he made a, a tactful strategic decision. Uh, the Republican party was at least more consistent with some of the things that he understood in terms of values and knowing how to speak to people. And, and that's the decision he made. I mean, I think that I don't think he was some serious gun advocate before. And then, you know, I don't think he was a, uh, um, an evangelist into the event, you know, that wasn't his thing. But he understood where, where their concerns were at. He he can clearly see, and I think I give him credit for that, he can clearly see that, and you as a pastor can clearly see that in America, it, there's a certain amount of people out here that would call you preaching the gospel hate speech. And Trump is, you know, as much as you might not like him, he's trying to protect those people too. And I think that, uh, un, you know, unfortunately, um, 
you know, believers and in particular in the evangelical community have felt like, uh, in particular, the Democrat Party has just gone too far left and they're being forgot about. And so Trump took advantage of that. I mean, and he continues to get uh, largely a lot of support, in particular from the white evangelical community. And that is a that you you I do agree with you about that support and and that that support there is is very uh, problematic in my mind because you know the when Obama was president the you know the white evangelicals were uh, shouting from the rooftops about everything that President Obama did right or wrong in their eyes. And well, everything was wrong in their eyes that he did, and uh, and and here you have a president uh, who does not embody the moral values of the Republican Party. The Republican Party is a party of family values and 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 a, a party of of religious morals and 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 all of that uh, that goes along with that, and yet. You don't hear a peep out of the white evangelicals, uh, <clears throat> or if you do, it is not to denounce or decry any of anything that uh, President Trump has said. All the racist remarks that he's made, uh, you know, about black and brown people, you don't hear any of the white evangelicals saying a, a word about any of those things, and and yet, you know. I- I want to caution people on saying, what is, you know, in terms of black people, and I, again, I'm not going to defend everything he said here, but in terms of black people, I honestly still don't see much he said to black people that should be where we're saying, you know, now again, Muslims and, the, uh, you know, Latino community can make some different arguments, but in terms of black people, he really has not done that. And at the end of the day, he's protecting the rights of, of, of these evangelicals by making sure that they have their religious freedom and he ensures it. And I think that even some black pastors can admit that under the Obama regime, uh, some of that was under, under serious attack Uh, besides passing gay marriage and things of that nature. Those are the reasons in in particular evangelicals and uh, a, a larger number of the black pastors who spoke up now that he's not president anymore about it, but they were, they're like, I wasn't comfortable with that either. And so it just, to me, um, President Trump has done a, a good job of staying loyal to people that were loyal to him. That's not saying much, though. <laughs> that's not saying much. That's that's like saying that you, 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 he's staying loyal to people who are loyal to him. Huh? I think, well, I'm talking about in terms of large voting blocks. I mean, let's 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 be clear. The black unemployment is at the lowest ever. We have un- oh, we boy, have opportunity we zones in Detroit that are reviving Detroit. We've had criminal justice reform that President Obama could not get done. <clears throat> President Trump did get done. That's brought home and reunited black men with their families. I mean, these are all good things. That's what I say. Like I get if I was uh, in a and I, and I'm trying to get black people to start thinking like black people need to start thinking for us. You know, I, I know it's with some of the things he said people might disagree with. I disagree with him telling people to go back home and all that. But at the end of the day, I think President Trump's policies have been. 
Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Miss part one of our discussion of When They See Us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. Me to have my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White on the line with us on tonight as we endeavor to get into what I think would be a great discussion about director Ava DuVernay's powerful docuseries entitled When They See Us. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. One of my good friends who I'll reference a couple times tonight, his name is uh, Mike Carter. He is a very prominent and excellent criminal defense attorney. Um, he deals with these issues every day as a, as a lawyer. Um, I remember reaching out to him like, you know, have you watched it? And he said, I, I can't. I just can't do it. And, and I, that was my first impulse to turn the TV off, almost to, to throw it up, to regurgitate it. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Have you purchased Michael Nimmin's new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmin's offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. Poet and lyricist Ty Scott King wishing radio host Michael Newman and the Thinking Out Loud radio show a happy second year anniversary. Y'all make sure y'all keep supporting, keep listening. This is God's work, so keep it locked in Jesus' name. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. enjoying our uh, discussion of President Donald Trump with my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. Let's get back into this great debate on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I 
president that are race-based. There was a I think it's a pretty sad poll when you see that. And look at Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton did so much for the black population, so much, and she got very few votes. So then yeah. you'll hear a political reporter. Look, I tell it like it is. Then you'll hear a political reporter go on and say, had nothing to do with race, but how come she got such a tiny piece of the vote? And it's, you know, it's a very sad thing. I have a great relationship with the blacks. I have, I've always had a great relationship with the blacks. But unfortunately, it seems that, uh, you know, the numbers that you cite are, are very, very frightening numbers. Why doesn't he show his birth certificate? I, I think he probably he have to? because I have to, and everybody else has to. I really believe there's a birth certificate. Why? Look, she's smiling. Why doesn't he show his birth certificate? And you know what? I wish he would because I think it's a terrible pal that's hanging over him. He should show his birth certificate. There's something okay, on that well, birth certificate that he doesn't like. Oh my oh, God! That's a terrible that is African American communities have suffered under Democratic control. To those I say. The following. What do you have to lose by trying something new like Trump? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? And obviously and importantly, Omar has a history of launching vicious anti-Semitic screeds. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago. They call her Pocahontas. So far, I'm dreaming of those candidates. I see those candidates before my eyes every night before I go to sleep. Sometimes while I'm sleeping, I love them so. Cory Booker. Pocahontas, Pocahontas. I've got more Indian blood in me than Pocahontas, and I have all right. Well, you said quite a bit. Uh, you said quite a bit there, uh, but I don't want to alienate our, our listeners on tonight. Uh, I know you. I hope you are enjoying our interview uh, with my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban uh, Strategies, um, Wayne Bradley. We're having a conversation about uh, two uh, political figures, Obama, President, former President Obama, and President Donald Trump, and kind of really talking about. Um, you know, we're, we're starting off talking about Donald Trump and and, um, you know, and how <clears throat> the Republicans, you know, saw him before uh, he became president doing his candidacy and campaign and and how um, that they, you know, they were not necessarily on board with him running for president, didn't really believe that he had a shot at running or winning uh, the, 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 the presidency and, and, and very little shot at, at winning the Republican nomination. Uh, but here we are. And, and so, um, here we are where, you know, he is now president of the United States. Um, I, I something I want to go back to before, uh, something I want to go back to that you said before, uh, we got to this point. Um, I, I, 
where I disagree with you is where, um, you know, they, you know, he touts the economy as one of the big, uh, the big reasons why Republicans are, are behind him. And, you know, this, this, this tax break that, uh, or, or this, this refund that everybody was supposed to be getting. And, you know, and, and it seems to only going to the wealthiest 1%. Uh, in America and, and, you know, uh, unemployment is low. I, I tend to believe that, you know, a lot of that is attributed to not Donald Trump, but President Barack Obama. The economy is good because of what he did when he was president, that we are that, that Donald Trump is reaping some of the residual effects of um, now that he's president. Because what happens is when a when a, a new administration comes into office, the economy doesn't just automatically shift um, when when a new administration comes into office. Some of those things continue to play out, uh, you know, for the good or for the bad, um, going even into another administration. And I think that's what's happening here. So Republicans continuing to, uh, or even Trump continuing to tout the economy as one of his um you know um talking points um i think is is uh, a bit um you know um uh, uh it, it's not it's not truth it's is this there's um <clears throat> there's there's some credit that needs to be given to the previous administration uh and then of course just recently what is it the uh the the dow just took an 800 point drop uh you know so here we here we have where we want to give credit uh, to Trump in one respect, but then when the you know who gets the blame when the Dow goes down eight hundred points, you know. So um, there's a lot going on uh, there, and and the problem that I have with Republicans is that they continue to deflect blame. They continue to deflect, and, and instead of answering and addressing the questions head on. You can you you constantly hear blame shifting instead of addressing the issues and the problems within the question that's been asked and uh, and and you you talked about the media being the issue and that they never gave Donald Trump credit. One reason is because Donald Trump has been an enemy of the media. He's treated the media like we live in a communist uh, country, you know, calling them fake news and 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 not. And not, um, you know, uh, treating them as, you know, um, a, a legitimate part of the uh, political process. You know, this th- I think that's that's unfair on his part. And what he what happened as a result of that is the media has become his big his greatest enemy because he made it that way when he first became president. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, again, the media has helped create who he is. And at the same time, the media now is making a living trying to tear him down. Uh, I, I think that some of it is self-inflicted, some of it with the Twitter and things like that. But I think overall, when you say the economy, we're going into year three of his presidency, and y'all are still trying to give Obama credit for that. That's like it just does not happen in any other presidency. He's already into year three. We're going into a re-election year of a great economy, 
And people are still trying to, I mean, that's just not how it works in politics. He's had this economy for three years. He'll take the hit if it's down 800 points in a day. But President Obama, to his credit, uh, it wasn't a good economy for the, very, the first three to four years of his presidency. And he got it on the right plane going forward. But let's, you know, it's on steroids now. That's what Donald Trump did with his tax. And it's, that's what he's done to create more jobs here, create more consumer confidence. Those are the upticks of a, a good economy. So I, I will give President Obama credit for turning around, which was a tough situation when he came into. He had us essentially running in place because he wasn't a job creator. He wasn't putting the, the economic atmosphere to create more. Yeah, it was better than it was when he first came in, uh, but he was not doing the things necessary to you know bring in money that had been sitting on the side because of our high taxation here in America. And Donald Trump made that possible. I mean, that's just the reality of what has happened and why the economy's exploded more, why it's at its all-time highs. And we, I give credit to both of them for doing their part, but Donald Trump has done just that much better of a job when it comes to the economy. Now, uh, in terms of behavior and style points, yeah, Obama, again, was a, a, a politician before. And so I think that, you know, when you're looking at it from that standpoint, Donald Trump has had to learn on the job, but he understands the economy. He understands uh, from a strategic standpoint of how he doesn't want to be in a ton of wars. And I think that uh, while we've been used to our presidents kind of being passive, aggressive, dealing with certain enemies and allies, uh, President Trump is willing to say things and do things that other presidents hadn't done even in terms of dealing with that. So uh, I just think overall – if it wasn't for the antics, the, tr- the Twitter, and, and things of that nature, uh, people would look at his presidency a lot different. But the media plays a big part in that. I know you guys are, or I hope you guys are enjoying our conversation on tonight, talking about Donald Trump and President Obama. We we are uh, having, I think, a substantive conversation uh, with my good friend, political strategist, and um, and president of Urban. Um, American Urban Strategies. So happy to have him on the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. Him and I go back quite a ways. And, um, you know, I I, I wanted to have this kind of, of, of conversation because it doesn't seem like these type these types of conversations are being had on, you know, CNN, on MSNBC, on Fox News. Um, you know, they're, they are, they're heavily politicized. You know, if you listen to CNN, they're far left. If you listen to Fox, they're definitely far right. There is no middle ground there at all. You know, I truly believe, and, and that's the thing that's really driving and motivating me, is that there are good people on both sides of the aisle. I believe that. And that we can come to some kind of agreement on things. And there has to be some reasonable Republicans that believe that this man is going off the rails in some respects. You know, with the things that he's saying, if, in fact, the economy is is doing well because of Trump, in my mind, the attitude that that he has, this personality, the, the knowledge that he he has or lack thereof uh, when it comes to presidential politics, to me, overshadows all of that because he does not know how to handle himself uh, in that office. And to me, that that stands out far more than than any of the economic uh, policies that he might have put in place 
that's one of the reasons why it's hard for me to believe in his presidency because he doesn't look believable. Uh, he doesn't appear to be believable. Everything he says is 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 narcissistic. You know, I this, I'm that, I'm the greatest president in history. Then there's no truth to that whatsoever. He can't be the greatest president in history. It's not you know we, we can't we we shouldn't even look at the the office of president of the of the presidency in that regard. So um, it's it's really hard for I think for people to really wrap their minds around his presidency because it's hard for him to, it's really it's I think many people are still in shock that he that he did win in 2016 even though we're we're almost 3 years in I I'm 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 serious I mean what what do you think I I think people are still reeling behind that people need to get out of that sounds like a lot of feelings involved <laughs> Everyone has worked somewhere where they didn't like their boss. And as long as the checks are on time on Friday, and you know, I mean, that's just how it is. I, I don't think my goal now is not to convince people to like President Trump. That's just not what it is. It's about making people understand that his meth- there's a method to his madness, and he gets stuff done on behalf of America. I mean, that's what you want at the table is a tough negotiator. You want someone that's going to play a little tough with other countries uh, and that's what we have now. You know, I think President Obama was a gentleman and a nice guy and all that. But at the end of the day, uh, he was not someone that brought fear to the table with these guys in other countries. And people took advantage of that. You know, and people have been taking advantage of America economically, in particular like with China, uh, for generations. You know, President Obama wasn't the first president that played into that. And so um, what you have is a generational problem that, presidents have ignored they've been willing to uh turn a side eye to what china was doing because essentially it was a profitable for american companies that were supporting our politicians and president trump has long said it was an unfair trade i mean you can go back to stuff he was saying in the 80s and 90s about this so he's always believed that china had a economic advantage over us and he's trying his best uh to end that or to make it even and so uh, and the process is painful. I don't. I'm not a supporter of tariffs, but they manipulate their currency. Uh, they devalue their dollars, and they take advantage of that in the competitive global economy. And I think that uh, Trump, he under a lot of other presidents, people have understood it, but they were willing to to let that go. Trump's not. That's why people are sending all those jobs to China and places like that. There's a, there's a financial economic advantage to it, and Trump is trying to take that away to encourage businesses to keep their workers here in America. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, I I I am I'm, I'm um I'm kind of, you know, on the still on the fence with 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 a lot of that because I'm not even sure if he really understands um uh really understands what he's doing and the kinds of things that he's getting himself and his country in country into with these kinds of tariffs and, 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 and starting these economic wars with China um, and this war of words with Mexico and, um, and with other, uh, other countries, you know, you, you say he's being tough, um, but the, the places, the, the countries that he really needs to be tough on, like Russia, for example, um, 
he's not doing that. He's been he's a friend of he's a friend of Putin. You know, in fact, another reason that people are not welcoming of 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 Trump's presidency or believing of it is because they believe that the election was um was rigged, that their votes were manipulated by Russians and and the fact that he continues to um to go against his own intelligence community by saying that the Russians did not hack into the DNC and and, and did not um manipulate um the elections when there is evidence and proof of that uh you know uh documented proof of it in the Mueller report and in other areas i think that um uh, diminishes his credibility um and and again makes him look um like an illegitimate president the more he continues to um to 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 kind of thwart the notion that uh that the election was was rigged and tampered with and you say he's being hard on these countries but he's being hard on the countries that were friends of America that were allies of America you know the 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 uh, a Brit of great of Britain the British and 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 uh and Mexico and you know and and of course you know uh China the first of all this country owes a ton of money to China I mean we 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 end up in over our heads with in debt with China so what leverage is there for 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 Trump to uh, levy tariffs against a, a country that we're in and that we owe a debt, uh, we we in over our heads in debt with. I mean that doesn't make any kind of economic sense. No, we fuel their economy though. Without America's economy flowing into China, uh, they I mean they rely on us to buy goods and to build stuff over there. They rely on us more than we rely on them. See, the problem is we put profit over everything in America, which is capitalist and what we do, right? But it's got to the point where, again, uh, we've had to, we've just got, we had to make sure things were being fairly done. And China wasn't playing fair. And so Trump has been, he's been calling it out, like I said, for decades. I just think that he consists, he's fought for the things he believes in. Uh, Is his relationship with Russia uh, somewhat unique because of his real estate dealings and things of that nature? Mm-hmm. Again, as someone that worked on the ground and really worked in 2016 and was busting his hump, you know, brought Donald Trump Jr. to the city of Detroit, had Donald Trump at the, you know, at the church, uh, there wasn't no Russians involved in that. If the only thing the Russians did was put in deceptive ads on Facebook and people believed that or didn't come out to vote because they didn't like Hillary, that's, that's not uh, collusion, you know. That just is not. I mean, and again, Political ads are, are is, is some amount of truth to them that make people, you know, had doubts about uh, Hillary Clinton. And I think at the end of the day, they they pushed Bernie Sanders out that race. There's always this thing about Donald Trump when we won't talk about how bad of a candidate Hillary Clinton was. And I think that that's why Donald Trump won. You're tuned in to the thinking. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. 
missed the show featuring speaker, author, and life coach, Daryl Woods Jr. Uh, serving 29 years or so, Daryl Woods Jr. was one years old when his dad went to prison. So, Daryl, I want to know from you, how has your father's life impacted your life and your career? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. In a, in a huge way, my uh, dad has been in prison since I was one year old. Uh, children with their parents that are incarcerated like five times more likely to go to prison and, you know, kind of repeat the same things that they, their parents did. So, but in this case, it's, you know, it's totally opposite. Um, although my dad wasn't necessarily present in my life, he did have a tremendous presence in my life. And you tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specialize in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248 248- 820-3691 That's 248-820-3691 And order your custom basket today You're listening to The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show With Pastor Michael Nimmons Don't you dare touch that dial Hey, this is Wayne Bradley from American Urban Strategies, your favorite Republican. I just wanted to give a special congratulations to my friend Michael Nimmons and Thinking Out Loud Radio on his two-year anniversary. Make sure you listen in every week. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. I hope you enjoyed the great debate about President Donald Trump with my good friend, political strategist, and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley. Let's hear the conclusion of part one of this great debate on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Years ago, let me just tell you, I have had horrible rulings. I've been treated very unfairly by this judge. Now, this judge is of Mexican heritage. I'm building a wall. Okay, I'm building a wall. I am going to do very well with the Hispanics, the Mexicans. So no Mexican judge could ever be involved in a case that involves you? uh, He's a member of a society where, you know, very pro-Mexico, and that's fine. It's all fine. But I think think he should recuse himself. Because he's Then you also say, does he know the lawyer on the other side? I mean, does he know the lawyer? You know, a lot of people say yes. I'm not talking about that. No, that's another another problem. But you're invoking his race when talking about whether or not he can do his job. Jake. I'm building a wall, okay? 
I'm building a wall. I'm trying to keep business out of Mexico. Mexico's fine. There's nothing very important. Are you putting what you're calling the alt-left and white supremacists on the same moral plane? I'm not putting anybody on a moral plane. What I'm saying is this. You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other and they came at each other with clubs and it was vicious and it was horrible and it was a horrible thing to watch. But there is another side. There was a group on this side, you can call them the left, you've just called them the left, that came violently attacking the other group. So you can say what you want, but that's the way it is. <laughs> Well, I do think there's blame. Yes, I think there's blame on both sides. You look at you look at both sides. I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it. And you don't have any doubt about it either. And, 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 and if you reported it accurately, you would say. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me, I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down... Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what. Well, we will see. We will see. I hope you're enjoying our conversation tonight talking about uh, Donald Trump and, and former President Barack Obama. We really been de- we've really been spending a lot of time talking about Trump and haven't really delved into to Obama yet. We're going to shift gears in just a minute and talk a little bit more about uh, about President Obama. But I want to the last thing I want to, to ask about Trump. Uh, of my friend, political strategy, uh, political strategist, and uh, president of Urban American Strategies. Uh, uh, I want you know, according to the Washington Post, this was an article I believe that came out just recently about Donald Trump in the 928 days that he's been president. He has told a whopping. I, I, let me. I, I, I'm. I, I'm. I want to. I want to. I want you to just. I'm going to throw it out there and just see how close you come to how many. The, what's the the grand total of lies that this man has told since he's been president? Just just throw a number out there, and we'll see how close or far off you, you are. Well, this is coming from the Washington Post. So I know oh, here we go. Uh, well, 928 days. Let's do let's do three a day. 2,700 way off way off this man has told a whopping 12,019 lies since he's been in office 12,019 lies the the reason i bring that up is because 
again, Trump has has these are self-inflicted wounds of a man who has a bruised ego about their about this election, this this rigged election of which he he himself believes that the Russians uh, put him in office, even if even if it is even if there's some truth to uh, the Russians not manipulating the actual elections, but the, and and that's the reason why you're furthering this conspiracy talk. Yes, I am. He's a he's Ill, he's an illegitimate president. I believe that. I I believe that. But but what I but my point is You're still your president. Do you think, uh, Wayne? Do you think Trump, with his constant lies, and and he's he's he tells them almost so nat so naturally, and it just comes off so so easily and, and effortlessly uh, in press conferences and speeches. Uh, he says something about you know the emoluments clause. He 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 tells on himself so often that he, he this stuff he doesn't even understand that that he, he he would it would be best you know there's a chinese proverb that 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 uh i think he needs to <laughs> he needs to adhere to you know you, if if you say you say something to yourself seven times and if after the seventh time it doesn't make any sense then you don't need to say it he's definitely someone that i think needs to needs to pick up that that uh that proverb and use it because much of what he says makes no sense. The emoluments clause, he said in one in in one one speech recently, he's accusing Obama well well he's saying he's being sued by um uh as a lawsuit against him because he's, you know, profiting off of being being president, which is which is true. Um but but he used President Obama as an example of a book deal that he got for $60 million. And that's true. But the difference is president Obama was not president when he got the book deal. He was the former president at the time. So whatever happens after he leaves office is, is it has nothing to do with the office of presidency of the president. So he's spewing lies just, and, 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 and it's, and it's just like, there's no regard for the truth whatsoever. So my point in this is, is he essentially, let me finish, is he essentially normalizing deception and deceit for the office of the president? And should this be considered normal behavior for the president of the United States? Well, I think, uh, you know, the way you framed it, you know, you almost make me have to defend him on this. But I think that at the end of the day, uh, he's, he's getting lied on by the media. He combats it fighting back. And sometimes he does exaggerate or something like that. But I think overall, it's not an exaggeration. It's a lie. Well, I think we would all agree that uh, politicians sometimes make false claims. We were all supposed to be able to keep our doctors and, you know, health insurance costs were supposed to go down with Obamacare. That didn't happen. Did Obama lie about that? <laughs> Ah, here we go. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, he's a politician. Sometimes politicians have to uh, massage the truth a little bit. Oh, here, wow. Uh, Man, you landed on real thick. Fighting for America, Mike. I'm just part of being honest about it. America first. 
you know, regardless of his ego or his narcissism that he might possess, uh, he, he definitely puts America first. And that's what you want. That's all you can ask for out of your president. I mean, I don't, you know, you personally do not have to like the man for him to do his job. That's how I feel. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's a Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Christian recording on his good son, and when I'm in Detroit, I'm always rocking with my man Mike Nimmons on a Thinking Out Loud radio show. Yeah. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is your brother, Boyd White III, pastor of the Ark Detroit, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Artistic director for the Detroit Youth Choir, Anthony White. What was going through your mind when Terry Crews interrupted the judges voting? I mean, they were just getting ready to vote, and then Terry Crews comes in and interrupts the judges. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So when he came out, he said, you know, I see every last person in this choir in, in myself. When he said that, I knew that he was about to do something out the box. He said, I got to do this. He went down and he slammed. It, everything was in slow motion, just like you said. That, I mean, whatever y'all saw, that was real. <laughs> it was just, like, unbelievable. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that 
that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time. 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 This week's start of the week comes from a scripture I love in Proverbs 21 and 1, penned by the greatest and wisest king to ever live, a king who knew firsthand the power he was given by someone far greater than he could ever imagine. Solomon wrote in this verse, the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. This is such a calming and insightful scripture, especially for those of whom at times seem to be preoccupied with the comings and goings of the current occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. As Congressman Ayanna Pressley refers to him, we're watching the leader of the free world unravel at the seams, and he suffers no consequences. He spews vitriol and venom on a daily basis, and he's neither checked or punished, and it seems the more extreme he is, the more and more extreme he ultimately becomes watch the news and see and hear the racist, narcissistic, misogynistic, and unintelligible remarks from the nation's commander-in-chief. And one wonders how in the world did he become the nation's commander-in-chief. He doesn't appear deserving of the position. He doesn't even appear to understand the gravity of the office. And yet, this is where we are. This is who we have. What are we supposed to do? It seems that everything that the Democratic led Congress does to try to stop or to thwart the plans of this misguided president seems to be ineffective. After hearings, the Mueller report, lawsuits, and a formal impeachment hearing started by the Judiciary Committee, he seems to be able to outlast them on every front. Here we are, 928 days and 12,019 lives later, it seems to be almost become of this maniacal and deceptive president. We continue to ask in the midst of all of this, what can we do? Who can we turn to? What should be our next steps? We look at the 2020 candidates for possible solutions, and all of them have answers. But it seems the election is so far away. Is there a solution for us right now? 
King Solomon writes a very profound and insightful verse in Proverbs 21st chapter that puts the life of the leader in proper perspective. As great and as powerful as he may think he is, as wealthy and famous as he may be, Solomon writes, The heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. The opening clause is a reminder not just to us, but even to the king, that there is someone greater than them that they ultimately have to answer to. Someone, the songwriter declares, sits high but looks low. And we should take comfort in knowing that as Solomon continues, as the rivers of the water, he turneth the king's heart whithersoever he will. In essence, all we have to do is to trust the God whose hands the heart of the king rest in. And if the same God who has the heart of the king in his hand has me on his mind, then I don't ever have to worry about the king because God is the one who's really in control. We want to send a special shout out and thank you to my good friend, political strategist and president of American Urban Strategies, Wayne Bradley, for being on the show with us on tonight. We truly appreciate him. Uh, be sure to tune in next week for part two of our discussion as we shift gears and discuss the legacy of former President Barack Obama. Talk about his historic election, the first black family, and even some failings of his presidency, believe it or not. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more on next week's show. Uh, be sure to tune in. You can also follow Wayne Bradley on Facebook and on Twitter and IG at Conservative Bro. That's right, Conservative Bro. Be sure to check out our latest blog discussing the partnership with Rap Mobile, Jay-Z, and the NFL. And it's Jay selling out Colin Kaepernick by not involving him in this partnership deal with the NFL or even helping to get him a job as an NFL QB. We talked a little bit about that in tonight's show and during uh, the What Are You Thinking About segment. And we also talked a little bit about it or tweeted about it on social media as well. So want to get your thoughts about that. Um, or has Jay essentially decided to monetize a movement? That's interesting because we asked the question in our blog, is the social... Um, uh, is the social justice movement for sale? That's really what we're, we're, we're talking about here. Uh, we love to get your thoughts and feedback on this. You can leave your comments in the blog, or you can add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Twitter or on IG, or leave us a comment on our Thinking Out Loud Facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, or even from our show page at michaelnemons.com. We love to hear from you. Thank you so much for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps to uh, increase our exposure across the world wide web. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. And so until next time, always remember if you can think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be 
rest within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemis.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.